God is there and he is strong and he is able and he just wants us to sit with him and to delight ourselves in him. This is the Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of his children. What God has done for our storytellers, he lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. Hey, everybody. Glad you're with us. Thanks for joining. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. So today we have our friend Laura, who will be sharing. She is married to Kyle, and we have shared Kyle's story in the past, which he had two stories in there. I was going to say two-parter. They were amazing. Boots were involved and uh, boots full of money. Uh, so I think uh, maybe that's a teaser. You'll go listen to that. I'll put a link to his story in the show notes. And I think Kyle talks a little bit about his ministry, Time to Revive. Um, it's a uh, ministry that's all over the country now and oh. I don't know, 30, 40 states. I'm just and guessing. It sounds like it's all over the world. How, yeah. She mentions it at the end of the story, but. Well, then they transition to Revive School and mm. that's in tons of countries. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, they're, they're, it's incredible. And it's, it's really a small team mm. and what they've done to share and spread the gospel is miraculous. Yeah, it's really beautiful and so encouraging. Their faith, they're like a um, power couple yep. for the kingdom. Uh, just their obedience, their faith, and their love for others. Like, you know, if the first two commandments are love God, love others, I think of the Martins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that's a good introduction. I, I think you're going to really enjoy Laura's story. Yep, here we go. You're listening to Laura's story, Beautiful Surrender. Hi, my name is Laura Martin, and I'm married to Kyle. We have four kids. They are in two in high school, one in middle school, and one in elementary school. So we're in that fun, crazy stage of um, preparing for college and um, preparing to launch into a new season. My faith journey um, began actually at a really young age. Um, I became a believer when I was four. I said yes in my bed with my mom and dad right there. And from that point on, I would say I grew in my faith, in my trust, and my hope in the Lord. Um, in a family that was pursuing Christ, I remember when I was six, um, I was at a missionary conference, and the Holy Spirit just... Um, spurred me to go forward and to surrender my life to full-time missions. And I was this little girl with a lot of spunk, but I remember telling my mom, like, they were like, why did you do that? And I go, I just felt the Lord tell me that I need to say yes to, to be a missionary. And that felt really weird. My dad was a businessman, and that wasn't ever anything that we talked about. But I remember doing that, and that wasn't something that I lived from. Like I didn't try to ever make that happen, but it was definitely one of those nuggets in my life that I put back there and just wondered like, when was the Lord, like, what was the Lord going to do in my life? And how was I, how was that moment going to be fulfilled? Um, 
my first big step of faith was to go to Taylor University. And I remember this moment my senior year when I was walking around campus and I was processing like getting married to Kyle, knowing as a six-year-old I'd been called to be a missionary, but yet wrestling just with the fears of it all. And um, the Lord had me climb up to one of those track towers. It was a dark night, kind of windy, and I was just talking to the Lord. I was telling him, like, I'm ready to go wherever you want Kyle and I to go, but I'm really afraid of the finances. Like, I didn't grow up this way. I don't know, but you say you're the God that provides. And he said, I want you to let it go. I want you to trust me. And I said, okay, I will. I will trust you. He goes, well, I want you to have a marker tonight. And I heard his still small voice. It's like a whisper, the Holy Spirit. Just say, you know, that paycheck that you just got um, in your backpack, I want you to take it out and I want you just to let it go as a symbol that you're letting go of the fear of finances in your life. And at that point, I was like, really? And you kind of wrestle with the Lord. Like, I'm a senior. That paycheck I kind of need to get me through the next two weeks. And and he just said, do you trust me? And I said, I do. And I want a symbol of this marker in my life to trust you. And so I let it go. And I just remember it floating away in the wind. But yet that peace that comes when you're obedient to the Lord and just trusting him. And God is a God who is kind and knowing and faithful. And a couple of days later, I remember going to my P.O. box um, in the dorm at this small university and opening it up. And I saw this envelope that looked somewhat crumpled, um, but not destroyed. And I pulled it out. And sure enough, in God's sovereignty, um, it was the exact same check that I had let go of. Um, I would only imagine that someone found it on the track field. They picked it up and put it back in the mail. And in a still small voice, the Holy Spirit just whispered, Laura, I'm a God who provides and I will always provide, and I know that you needed that check, so here you go. So it was like that first time in my life that the Lord said, he showed up, like, in that way, and in a real tangible, like, I am your provider, and you're going to go places by faith, but I'm going to be the God who provides. And so that was my senior year. Kyle and I got married, and um, eventually the Lord led us to Dallas to come to Dallas Seminary for Kyle. Um, so one marker, one story in our life happened when we were in seminary. We had just gotten pregnant for the first time, and I knew Kyle's heart's desire was to go on a seminary trip to Israel for about 24 days, um, and yet we'd gotten pregnant. Well, we miscarried that child, and I remember the pain of that and that moment of not knowing, because my dream was to be a wife and a mom and to follow Jesus wherever he wanted me to go. And so in that moment, I I was like, I don't know what the plans are, but I'm going to trust you. And we ended up going to Israel, and that was a marker in our marriage that the Lord allowed and that I know we needed to plant a seed for Israel. And as painful as that moment was, um, the Lord redeems. Um, about a year later, we had our first child, Maya Joy, who's now turning 18 this month. And um, after Kyle graduated, he came to me and said, I'm going to write, I feel led to write on revival for the next 
like year of my life after graduation. What every seminary wife wants to hear is, oh good, you're going to write for a year. So he wrote on revival and the next year he finished. I went out of town and he doesn't know how to cook much. And so he was like, this is a great opportunity to fast. Well, it was that, it was that seven day fast that really birthed the heart and behind Time to Revive. And that's the ministry that Kyle and I founded in 2010. Um, But in the beginning part of that, and as Kyle had this vision to gather the church for 40 days to pray and worship and seek revival and seek unity, um, I had another child, Nadia Grace. She's 19 months younger than Maya. And um, I noticed Maya wasn't acting like herself um, very shortly after Nadia was born. I remember going to several appointments and not getting answers. And then after a round of blood work, I remember getting the call to say to go to the children's hospital and go to the oncology floor. And I had never really heard the word like I didn't know the word oncology even like that's how my 26 year old brain and life experience had had led me and so Kyle and I found ourselves on the 10th floor at Children's Hospital in Dallas for several days waiting to discover what was wrong with our daughter and why is she so sick why why is she so unhealthy and I remember having a moment on that 10th floor looking out the window at Dallas and having my Abraham Isaac moment where you just, you don't know what the outcome is going to be and you don't know if she's going to be well again and you don't know why she's sick in the first place, but just saying to the Lord, I trust you. Um, Here's my child and I need to surrender her fully to you, her life, her future, my future as a mom, and just surrendering that and trusting that a good and faithful God would give me the strength to get through whatever I needed to get through. And they diagnosed her with a rare blood disease called Langerhans cell histiocytosis. Very few, I think it's like eight in a million children get that a year. Um, It acts like cancer and you treat it like cancer. So for the year that Kyle was walking out revival for the first time in Um, our ministry and our marriage. And in Dallas, we had a daughter who was going to chemo treatments every week um, and a very young infant baby at the same time. And so that was where my faith increased. Uh, James 1 says, consider it joy whenever you face trials of any kind, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance so that you will be complete mature and lacking nothing. And I remember clinging to that verse during that season, like consider it joy. (laughs) You know, later I would read Psalm 16 as, you know, in my presence is fullness of joy. And I know that when the Lord calls us to seek his face, that's the only way that we can walk through those seasons with hope and with faith. So by the grace of God, a year later, after rounds of chemo, steroids, Um, Our little two-and-a-half-year-old was fully healed. Um, We had no more children's hospital appointments, um, and it hasn't come back, which is a miracle. It was all over her body, and God healed her. And so my focus on the Lord in those seasons deepened in a way that um, I just have to trust that that was his plan for our lives. And even if the enemy meant it for evil, like the Lord completely Um, redeemed it and created us all stronger through that. My story was always at home and how the Lord was refining me and holding me and keeping me. I remember as a young mom, just 
having the Bible out on the kitchen table. Kyle would travel quite a bit and I would, wouldn't have time for these hour long sessions in his word that, but I was like, Lord, I know that you're the only thing that can carry me right now. And, and, you know, I go back to that check story of letting things go and trusting him, letting go of my own um, expectations in my life, letting go of what I think my plans are or what Kyle thinks they are, letting go of even budgets or what the worldview is and saying, God, you are the same God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I love that song that's out there right now. Like you are the same God, the same God of Moses, the same God of Jacob. Like that's the kind of God that we see when we're in ministry as God has called us to different cities around this nation to pour in with a heart of evangelism, with a heart of uh, discipleship. But like, that's the same God that moves in our homes and in our families as we talk to him. And, and it's when I slow down and just seek him, that's when I can see him work in my life. And those are the unseen stories of his goodness and his faithfulness. Um, you know, Time to Revive has been around since, like I've said, 2010. There's been a lot of nights on our knees there's another chapter in my life, another story I wanted to share. We did city ministry for um, so many years, and we had spent a large amount of time in Indiana doing Revive Indiana. And we went back there one fall, and I stayed home with the kids. Again, I don't always travel. And Kyle called me that week, and he said, Laura, he got, I was like, yeah. He goes, um, our leadership team has been talking, and um, we are feeling called to study through the Word of God for two years. And I just kind of was like, okay, <laughs> which is how I respond a lot when he says like the new like season or a new thing that's coming up. And, and he's like, yeah, um, someone had a dream. It led us to this conversation. And in Acts, Paul, he paused ministry and he studied in the Hall of Tyrannus for two years and he lectured day and night on the word of God. And from that moment, the gospels went out to Asia and to all throughout the ends of the earth. And he goes, so who knows what would happen if we say yes to this and we um, study the word. He goes, so I'm going to do that. So we just shifted our whole ministry. And for two years, Kyle, uh, taught through the word of God. And so he taught through the word of God. Um, he did about a 29 minute teaching every day. And then our fleece that we threw out to the Lord, as we were doing this, we said, Lord, if you give us 12 students in Indiana, then we will do this. Well, he brought, um, probably by the end, it was about 150 students. They met out in a barn. Kyle would record all the teachings here in Dallas. And then one week out of the month, he would go to Indiana and teach the men in person. And that was what we called Revive School. The story in this for me goes back to a moment where Kyle, after he got home from Indiana, he goes, and you're going to close every video and I was like, oh, I am. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of what we were thinking since you close a lot when I speak, if you're with me. And uh, it was seven days a week, every week, like for, you know, 365 days out of the year. So I um, started that first week and I closed out each of the uh, videos. And I just came back to Kyle and I just said, this doesn't feel right. This is going to be 
this is not feeling right for me. I'm like, I want to step out by faith in this, but I, I can't do this for two years. And so we prayed and him and I in our living room and the Lord brought to mind, well, he gave me the words like lay it down because I think in the world today, <laughs> sometimes you can elevate certain things, right? Like, Ooh, if I'm clo- if I'm on video, then that makes it, that's bigger than something else. And the Lord was like, like, just lay it down. And so I remember laying it down and him giving me the, me the verse from second Peter, actually first Peter, um, five, six. And it just says, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. And I remember just saying, yeah, like I want to lay it down, Lord. Um, so that if ever you will be exalted through anything that you call me to do. And so we, I was sharing that with Kyle and he goes, well, I heard the Lord say, you need to write. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you're up early every morning, reading the Bible, journaling, like, why don't you just write what you're journaling about? And I was like, well, like, that's like journaling, like, that's just me, you know? And, but I, um, we prayed about it and I said, okay. And so I said yes to um, writing a devotional every day through the Word of God from Revelation to Genesis for two years. And um, the Lord is so sweet in his timing for his plans, for when he wants you to say yes. Um, After 12 years of having kids at home, that was the fall that Jude went back to school. And so for the first time in 12 years, I had an empty house and the Lord called me into this season of just spending time with him and his word and delighting in his scripture. And I got to sit and hear his voice and write. And I remember longing for a season like that. It was for the students that were online. And I also it was like I would be writing and I would just say, Lord, allow this to speak to my heart. Like I'm not doing this to perform. I'm not doing this for a book. I'm not doing this for an audience. Like this is what I want you to speak to me about your word and how it applies to my life today. And so for those two years, the Lord took me and our whole team on this journey of studying his word. Um, We ended that in 2019 in December of 2019. That was just what we did. And we didn't know how the Lord would use it, but we just did it in obedience. And we laid down any of our own ambitions really, or what we, how we wanted to make it work. And we just studied because that's all we had time to do. But in his um, sovereignty on the last day of writing, I remember getting a call from a publisher and they said, we want to publish what you've been writing on this two-year journey through the word into a daily devotional. Um, So that was one fruit. And then now here we are, I don't know, about three years removed. Revive School has spread to 78 different nations around the world. We have almost 20,000 students that are reading and studying and being discipled in the word. And that was in our weakness. We said yes, and we were obedient to do what he called us to do. And so that is just a huge, like, praise the Lord moment. You know, in Psalms 1, it says, um, the psalmist writes that we are to delight ourselves in the word, delight ourselves in the law, and you will be like a tree planted beside the water. 
and you will bear fruit in season and out of season. And when I was done writing, that's just what I felt like that verse came to life for me because there I was planted beside water, living and alive because of his word in my heart. And, um, and you just don't know, like that's his desire for his people to be with him, to be in relationship with him. His word feeds us and, um, and he loves us so much. People often ask like, what did you learn from that? And I, how great is our father's love? Like his love is deep and it is wide. And yes, there are times of hard and we don't understand, but yet God is there and he is strong and he is able um, as and he just wants us to sit with him and to delight ourselves in him. Well, there you have it. There's Laura's story. So a little backstory about us and about Laura and and the time that we spent with her. But she came um, to share her story with us when we were we're still kind of going through this. But um, it was a very raw and vulnerable day for us as parents. And I think I cried more through Laura's story than I have any other story. It just hit like every scripture she shared with us. Um, and it didn't all make it into um, the episode, but... I think some of it was uh, that I cut out was was a ministry for us. I do too. It was really beautiful just the way the Lord um, partnered with Laura to minister to us in that specific moment. And that's what I think of um, Laura's story just in hearing the edited version is that it is such a, a testimony of... Um, beautiful surrender that she just, she just trusts the Lord. Okay. You want me to do this? I, I, I'm doing it because this is who your word says that you are. And I'm trusting that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's powerful. It, it can like in, in the circumstances that she mentioned, it's so hard, I think. And yet she said yes. And then the Lord met her. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he, he showed himself faithful to who she said he was. Mm-hmm. I think what intrigued me about Laura, she has a newsletter that comes out, um, I guess it's weekly, and I've been a subscriber for a while now, and, and um, I just loved her connection to God and how mm-hmm. she sees God in the everyday, everyday moments. And, and so I was excited kind of to hear what she was going to share. Cause I know she hears from God daily. Yeah. Um, so I guess what resonated with me and the, and the stories that she shared was the, was these moments where, I mean, what kid at six, uh, goes down and says they're going to be a missionary. And then <laughs> here she is. When your parents aren't missionaries, she had no like background for that. None. And then here she is. She's been a missionary or, you know, her, she met like Kyle and basically adult life. They're full-time missionaries, and they've launched probably hundreds of missionaries through through Time to Revive. So uh, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. But even through the hard stuff, you know, hearing God when your your daughter uh, has this terrible disease, this cancer-like blood condition, um, and to trust God through that, trust God through 
your finances when you know in your college nobody has any money in college and to throw a paycheck to the wind and say I trust you God that's a pretty powerful testimony um, mm-hmm. to God's ability to provide um, through finances through your kids that he will protect your kids it doesn't always I think as parents we want to protect our kids from hard things mm-hmm. um, I don't think God promises protection from hard things I think he promises to be with us through hard things mm-hmm. and that's a lesson that's we're learning mm-hmm. have learned and I'll continue to learn that still doesn't I don't know that that gets easier um, to go through hard things but it does it does bring a peace um, mm. that I don't know people, I don't know how people make it through hard things, suffering without Jesus, without that perspective. Cause I need it. Yeah. Uh, it is, it, it is like a, does she talk about this? Like it's a, like a manna, like, you know, those, mm. that sustenance. And, and I think that's what that perspective shift is the sustenance, the, those little moments in scripture or seeing the birds through your window and, being reminded that God provides for the birds, he'll provide for you or just Mm -hmm. these little touch points of like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't the end of the story. This isn't all there is. There's something more. Uh, I'm going to trust God that you're working all of these things to our benefit. Yeah. And I like, she calls them markers, like these markers in time. And you know, the Bible mentions Ebenezer stones of remembrance. And, um, I, one of the things that I just found so encouraging with her is that there were seasons in her life where, and this resonates for me, where you don't have hours to sit at the table and just glean from, uh, the wisdom of the scriptures. Um, and yet you want to stay tethered so closely to the Lord. And it's like, how do you do that? And she said, I just kept my Bible open and grab scripture here, grab scripture there, you know, because that like she, she was breathing him basically like, okay, I feel like I can't breathe or I, I, I'm, I'm growing hungry. Let me go back to the bread of life. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I think oftentimes we put these, these rules or laws on ourselves that, that God hasn't, um, put on us, you know, spend 45 minutes of your time, first fruits of the day, quiet time with me. And if not, you're not a good Christian. Mm. (laughs) It's like, I'm pretty sure that's not it. Love God, love others, love God, love others. Thank you, Laura. Grateful for you. Thank you, Laura. Your story, sweet, beautiful, simple and hard all at the same time. Kind of like the gospels. Um, it's just beautiful. Thank you for your truth, your wisdom, and your light that you shine. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.